Welcome to Gardening Talk, back on 2NURFM. Greg Richard, joined today by Judy Sharp. Thanks for coming back in again, Judy. You're welcome, Greg. What have you got lined up for us today, Judy? Oh, a little bit of discussion about what we should be doing in June. Okay, yep. And you weren't here last time I came, were you? No, I don't think I was. Oh, no, it was Mark. And I really got him on a couple of lawn questions. Oh, okay. Winter grass and things like that. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's as on the lawn as much as I am. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of other things he's... I got him on too. Excellent. So anything else? Oh, yes, yeah. We're going to talk about roses today, whether or not we should prune them. Yep. Uh, we maybe should talk about the winter grass side because Mark wasn't over in a maud with the discussion about the winter grass. <laughs> Didn't care for it? Oh, he, he was friendly, you know what he's like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, 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 it was fine. But we'll also talk a little bit about maidenhair. Yep. Now, Judy, I brought a leaf in for you, before, but I just showed you before off the air, and it's I guess it's a brown stains all over it, and if you hold up to the light, you can see through it. You can. What's What's happening with it? And, you know, you're turning into quite the gardener now, Greg, Qu- aren't you? Quite the green thumb after all yes, these years. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> We've gotten through to you. Well, its problem is simply that it has a mite oh. and it's sucking the sap out. So you can see yourself and we can't show the people on radio, mm. but it has minutesicle, doesn't it? Little spots everywhere. Yep. And when you hold it up to the light, you can see through it. It's like a little, I guess they're brown. Is it brownish? Brownish? It's brownish on the surface, uh, but. If you when, hold up to the light, it's. it's you, you can, can see, see through, through it, it yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's a mite. Oh, okay. So that's obviously bad news. Well, no, not if you get onto it quickly. <clears throat> and um, is it on every leaf? Uh, it's on several leaves. We'll, we'll put it that way. You've let it go a while, <laughs> haven't you, before yep. you've consulted? Yep. Um, well, I haven't as... seen you for two weeks, so that's why. <laughs> Well, this is true, isn't it? Public holidays. Oh, it's ruined everything. Yeah. It's ruined my crops. It was the king's birthday as well. It was. You know, how dairy. Exactly right. <laughs> Could have waited another week. <laughs> yeah, well. So, what know, am I doing to get rid of well, it? Well, now you're going to get some Amgro 3 in 1. Okay. And it's an instant spray bottle. Yep. Uh, yellow. The bottle's yellow. And it's Amgro. A M G R O W. Right, I'll get on to that. Three in one. This week, three in one. Also, winter grass, you didn't speak much about last time with Mark, and you want to sort of mention, you don't have to do anything with winter grass, do you? You Oh, yes, you do. You've got to spray it with endothol. Oh, right. Because, you know, all those little seeds you see on the heads of Mm. the lovely little green tufts, Mm -hmm. everyone loves those little green tufts because it makes their lawn look good. Yep. And they, all those little heads, the tufts on the top, They'll drop and spread. Right, and that's not good. No, eventually you'll have a whole lawn of winter grass, but the problem is it dies down in summer. Okay. So you've got a big patch. Of, of dead grass. Of dead grass. Oh, so yeah. you've got to spray for that and get rid of that. Yep, endothol. I, I usually love winter grass because you don't have to, there's yeah, less, no, less mowing uh, involved. Oh, no, I knew you were going to say <laughs> that one. <laughs> yes, no, endothol, definitely spray it with endothol. Excellent. Jenny from Fern Bay, and she's got a question about cutting back bush from next door's property. Oh, good morning, Jenny. That sounds like a bit of a curly one. Oh, that's all right, because um, during the um, spring, summer and that, we cut it back every so often, you know, because it grows so big, you know. Yeah. But 
we haven't done that this year and it's just sort of stayed there, you know. Right. And what kind of a shrub is it? Well, I don't really know, but it's got a lovely purple flower. And if I remember correctly, it's got these tiny little yellow beads on them, whether they're bush tucker, I don't know, you know. Right. Um, yeah, it does um, sound like... Um, it sounds like uh, Tibichina Alstonville. Yeah, I don't know what Tibichinas look like, but I don't know you about... You don't think that's like it. it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, oh, yeah, it's not purple flowers like that. Yeah. Sort of skinny flowers. Um, oh, you know, ready him. Anyhow, whatever it is, um, I'm just wondering... We can cut it back now, or I probably will, you know. Nobody loves it. It's just there, you know. And... Um, if I cut it back now, I know it won't grow, but will it die off or will it just sit there until um, spring, summer comes along and start shooting? Or Well, it certainly won't shoot much now if you cut it no, back no, now. No. Uh, but the problem you have is we don't know exactly what plant it is. Um, yeah. It may not even start shooting again when spring comes. Oh, okay. It might be a, you might be, you know... It could be its death knoll. Um, well, I think my neighbour would like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she wants to get rid of it, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't hurt cutting it back now. I mean, it's a test, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, well, look, I, I don't think we're, we're, we are getting cold weather, but, yeah. you know, I don't think there's any snow on the mountains, so... Uh, maybe no. It does feel like it here, Um, but I think um, you know when I look around at the deciduous trees, a lot of them have still got their leaves hanging on, and normally they'd have dropped by now. So look, if you're going to do what I do, it straight away. Yeah. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, that'd be fine. Yeah. 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 But if you want to kill it, do it during winter. Okay, thanks, Jenny. Let's know okay, what happens. Okay, righto. Okay, bye. Through. Bye. Jeez, thanks, Jenny. I thought that was going to be a bit of a, a wild one for a situation, cutting it without your neighbour's permission. But yes, I thought it was yeah. too. I thought we might have needed the, le- the legal the, the, eagle. Our, our legal team in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting talk back on to when you are at FM. You mentioned also about got to start pruning our roses now too, Judy. Yes, it's time to prune if you live in a warmer area like we do here, uh, but not if you live anywhere where you're still going to get frost. Right. That's a July prune. Okay. You know, just Maitland, Rutherford, places like that. Uh, But here on the coast, uh, you could prune them now if you'd like to. I looked at mine yesterday and they really, uh, they're still happy. They're still budding and flowering, probably because we aren't getting really cold weather. I think it's on the way though. Do you? Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was this morning anyway. Oh, well, it was only, what, about three or four degrees? Oh, yeah, only three or four degrees. Yeah, yeah, that's cold. Yeah, it's cold for it's me. Cold, it's cold <laughs> for Newcastle, isn't it? Um, and uh, so I think um, if you're going to do anything to your roses at the moment, when you prune them, you give them a bucket full of poultry manure, yep. a full bucket full of poultry manure, Mm-hmm. And then three weeks later, a handful of rose food. Right. Now, if they're growing in a pot, you can't do that process 
you must give them something like sudden impact, which is a slow release. Mm -hmm. And if you, which I know you would have done, you've planted a whole heap of new roses for your mum, haven't you? Spot on. Exactly right. (laughs) right. Well, now the secret is that you just keep watering them. No fertilising. Right. Yeah, you haven't fertilised. No, I have not fertilised. Oh, that's safe to say I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but you have been watering them, of course. Of course. Yeah, because we, you know, all of a sudden we're in a bit of a dry spell again. Mm. Mm. And there's no rain on the way for us, so we'll have to regularly water up. I'm assuming. Yes, definitely regularly water them. Mm. All right, we've got Roger from Belmont. And he's got a question about the rhubarb. Oh, hi, Roger. Hi. Uh, I got a fairly well established rhubarb, but for some unknown reason, the shoots are coming out pencil thin at the moment. I keep thinning them, but they still come back as pencil thin. Right, put, okay, uh, Roger. How often do you split your rhubarb up? Only uh, acquired it from uh, somebody uh, about uh, four months ago and uh, put it into a bed, and it took very well. Right, okay, because rhubarb should be split about every three years, but you've only just put that in. Um, yeah, but the crown I picked up, he yeah. was moving house, so he said, I'll just take it, so I took it. Yes, well, you know, rhubarb's not easy to grow, but you must have that crown planted above the ground, above the soil. Okay. You haven't buried it too deeply, have you? No, I haven't, but I've raised the soil around it to come up to the crown, so perhaps I should pull the soil away. Yes, I would, I would. And uh, maybe give it a little bit of all-purpose fertiliser to give it a kick along. I gave it some um, diluted chicken manure. You know, I put uh, chicken manure into water and uh, diluted it. Right, okay. A tea, a type of tea. Yeah, look, I've I've got a very strong feeling that... Um, Rhubarb tends to like acidic soil, which means you would use cow manure. Uh, okay. So you could give it a little feed up with cow manure. It won't hurt. Uh, what about lifter? Uh, sorry, gypsum? No, dynamic lifter. No, well, dynamic lifter is actually poultry manure. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been giving a double dose of that. Well, if you've done that, well, maybe that's what it's telling you. It needs some... Um, you know, sometimes sulphate of potash is ideal. Okay. Because, you know, you just want the plant to start feeling healthier. Now, you know, it's been moved, but it's not a good time of year either, of course. So uh, maybe some sulphate of potash I'd try. All right. And That's stop good. the dynamic lifter. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Good luck with that, Roger. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, Roger. It's Gardening Talkback on 2 and URFM. We've got Barry from Cardiff, and he's got a winter grass remedy. Aha, uh-huh. Barry, do you dig each little tuft out one by one? How are you going, Judy? Thanks for taking my call. Oh, you're quite welcome, because I think you're probably going to tell me you dig each little tuft out individually, don't you? No, no, no. Oh, no, right, no. right. Okay. No Give us I the remedy. I wasn't listening to the entire program. I picked up on the end of it. I've got a very healthy crop of winter grass, and I've sprayed it two times as per directions with another product. It's an Amgro winter grass killer. Right. Um, and it appears to have had no effect whatsoever. Um, right. So my ears pricked when I heard you. I quickly tried to write the name down that you sprayed. Was it endosol? Endothol, yes, with an E. How do you spell it? E-N-D? E-N-D. 
O-T-H-A-L. Endothol. Is that a Seals product? No, it's not, actually. I think it's a David Gray product. David Gray, okay. All right, so it's specifically aimed uh, at wintergrass. Oh, definitely, definitely. And you will find, Bruce, that there is a time limit. You know, you can't wait till all those little seeds have formed on the top. It's better to spray wintergrass when you first see them emerge, you know, out of the grass. Yeah, they, I've read a little bit about it and I understand that any time from, I think it mentioned usually around about from autumn to spring or something. It is, yes. So yeah. uh, that's what I've been doing, but it just worries me a little bit because we had an abundance of it last year out of control and I thought I'd get it early this year. But anyway, I wasn't, I'm not really impressed with the product that I'm using, I guess is what I'm saying. Right, okay. Now, endothol might be fairly exy from yep. my memory, um, yep. but... That is because it's only a product that you use once a year. Sure. So uh, there was a stage where the companies stopped producing it completely and uh, all of us in the industry, we complained. Uh, oh. But they didn't want it sitting on their shelf for 12 months, you see. I gotcha. Uh, okay. So naturally, if they're only going to sell it once a year, uh, they probably have to make a, a good margin on it or they're not going to produce it. So if you find it's a little bit expensive, well, trust me, it does work. Okay. And the manufacturer's name was, you didn't mention it, but I didn't jot it down. I think it's David Gray. David Gray. Okay. I'll hop on the Googling machine and see how I go where I can get some. Okay. Good luck with that. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Bruce. Anytime. We've got Bruce from Rutherford, and he's looking at planting garlic bulbs that he picks up from the supermarket. Hello, how are you? Hello, Bruce. You were given a whole heap of garlic uh, from the supermarket that was sort of uh, going putting in the bin. Uh, I thought I might try and grow it, but I've been told it's probably been sprayed with stuff to stop it from sprouting, so it won't be able to grow. Well, actually, Bruce, whoever told you that was telling you the truth. Well, that's unusual, isn't it? <laughs> yes, no, they started doing it a few years ago, um, and uh, for what reason, I don't know. I think because a lot of it's imported. Yes. Uh, but you could try growing it, but I'm pretty sure it won't grow because it has been doused in right, something. Yeah. Mm. And I've also been told you don't put garlic in the fridge, which is that makes it shoot even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I've got to tell you, warm. I'm a dreadful cook. I use the one in the bottle that's just you shake it on. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, don't laugh. I'm 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 truthful on this program. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> So look, no, you could try. You could try, Bruce. Try a few, you oh, know, bulbs. Yeah. yeah, and see what happens, dear. Yes, brother. Thanks for that. Yeah, definitely. If you put it in a refrigerator, it shoots like normal garlic you buy from the, the not being sprayed. It shoots. That is magnetic cold. That's when it grows. When it's cold. When it's cold, yeah. Right. I think so. Up for that. Here You're welcome, you Bruce. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on to when you are FM. If you've got a question, 49216216. We've got Peter from Taro. He's got a question about the lime tree. Hi, Peter. 
Oh, good day, Judy. How are you? I'm very well. Your lime tree's probably all been denuded at the moment. You're picking them all off, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a prolific fruit. We, we supply the, the neighbourhood and, and lots of friends with the lime tree. But un, unfortunately, it, it's, yeah, it's a bit sickly uh, the last couple of years. I've bought and planted it about 20 years ago as a, a grafted dwarf lime tree, but yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely not a dwarf. It, it's, it, it kept yeah, growing huge, actually. So, you know, I prune it regularly and... Unfortunately, in the last three to five years, just above the graft, the bark has split, right, and, right. and 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 a lot and a lot of fungal activity uh, uh, from that point on. And you know, I regularly do the copper oxychloride with pest oil every year, um, but just uh, ever since the bark split and fungus got worse, the the, the tree. Just seems to the leaf curl and the the, the brown bum on the the limes um, just is yeah <laughs> is is there a solution or do I have to start again and get a new tree? Oh, Peter, you describing my lime tree? Oh, okay. Mine is exactly like that this year. Yep. Uh, I had about fifty limes on there, and my two sons liked them for obvious reasons. I don't. <laughs> um, but look, they just they just grow. I always put sudden impact for roses on them, on it in on it because it's in the same bed as the roses, and yeah. that that absolutely loves it uh, because it's alkaline and lime trees like alkaline. But I keep looking at mine with a fungus on, and I haven't sprayed it so far. But I can see it's getting worse and worse, so I'm perhaps going to uh, spray it with some copper oxychloride. Okay, yes. And that's yeah. and you've already done that, haven't you? Oh, I've been doing that for probably the last three to four years. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it, it does help, but it, it, it just seems to, each year it just seems to... To, to getting get worse. worse, yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. The, the, the split in the trunk worries me. Um, mine hasn't got a split in the trunk. I'm wondering if you could have a borer in there. Oh, okay. Have yep. you dug around, you know, with um, a nail or something to see if that's sawdusty? No, I haven't actually poked around in there, I must admit. No. Yeah. But the other thing I found this year when I picked all the limes, only recently, mine was covered in white louse scale. So I've been spraying as well with Malathon white oil at the moment because uh, yep. I wasn't beating the scale. I was just, you know, using a generic uh, spray, but I had to get out the heavy stuff, which was... Um, so it mightn't hurt you even to do that, but I have to end by saying, Peter, citrus can have not a, li a long lifespan, Okay, yeah. Well, I've had a great run. 20 yeah, years. 20 years, yes, yeah. And always been prolific, but yeah. it's just showing, maybe now it's showing its age, perhaps. It yeah. could be, yes, yeah. That's what happens, you know, to us ladies. We get grey hair. I don't know why. It's just crazy, isn't it, you know? I've got a beard like that as well. <laughs> but, uh, Peter, maybe it is time. It's a good time to plant citrus, uh, yep. even if you leave that existing one in. Buy a new one and plant it somewhere away from it. Um, yep. 
and get encourage that to get going. But you know never to plant the graft below the soil, don't you? Oh, no, the graft is, yeah, it's... it's well above the a soil. A good 12, 12 inches above the yeah. soil yeah. now. So it is, yeah, it was above the soil and it's just grown with, you know, the growth of the tree. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think maybe, unfortunately, it could be telling you it's um, it's at the end of its lifespan. But so I, I wouldn't... Your, yeah, I, yeah, I love your idea of... Yeah, planting another one in the meantime. Yeah, and don't dig it out. Yeah, Yeah. don't dig it out because it might come good if you apply the sudden impact to feed it up and uh, hit it with um, sulphate, uh, lime sulphur. Yeah, actually, I think I've made the the same mistake as that other gentleman with the chook manure. I've, I've... fed it lots of times with chook manure and you're saying that it's alkaline it's so yeah maybe I've been barking up the wrong oh no 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 limes like alkaline oh so chook manure but I've been given lots of chook manure oh right okay well you know that that shouldn't have done any harm at all oh okay that's right sorry I got the wrong impression yeah no um rose food is alkaline and that's why I said the sudden impact for roses um But uh, cow manure is acidic, so you don't feed your citrus with acidic, so don't do cow manure. Okay, no worries at all. Have I confused you totally now with all that? (laughs) No, 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 no. I I think I'll I'll give that a crack and see what happens. Uh, Yeah, thank you very much for your advice. Okay, you're welcome, Peter. Thank you. Bye, Judy. Bye. It's Gardening Talkback on 2 RFM. We've got time for a couple more calls. We've got Robert from Valentine, and he's got a question about the olive tree. Hello, Robert. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, yes. <laughs> um, I'm lucky enough to have a very healthy olive tree in my yard. Um, it's up against the neighbour's fence. This year I got three jars of olives off it, and I'm looking forward to them next year. But the thing's grown to uh, at least four metres, and I'd like to cut it right back. Can I kill it? <laughs> Look, I wouldn't cut it back at this time of year. I'd wait until the spring comes. Sure. Um, and I wouldn't cut it right back either uh, if it's producing olives for you. Um, and do you go through the process of whatever you do to make the olives edible? No, I give them to a friend who does it for me. Handy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, because I've recently planted about 10 and there's no way in the world I like olives, so (laughs) I don't know what I'll do with mine. Um, But honestly, look, I think now pruning is a bit off, you know, a bit out of uh, the limit. I'd wait until uh, we're coming to spring. Okay, come spring, um, like I said, it's about four metres where the, the, the shoots grow up. Um, and the neighbour's fence, we've, we've got a, quite a high fence. It's a couple of metres. Could I take a metre off the top of it? Oh, yes, definitely. You'll be fine. Two? Two. Mm. Maybe start with one, eh, and see how it sure. goes. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm a, now, may I ask one other question, please? Yes, if you're quickly. I've got a bunch of lily fillies, which a landscape gardener put in for me. yes. And half of been in for two years, 18 months, two years. And some are growing and some aren't. Right, okay. Some are growing and, and some think, aren't. 
yeah, it's along 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 the fence, and the only thing I can see that there's a pine trees um, on the from the neighbours. Those real needle pines are very dense. Oh yes, yeah. And they drop a lot of pines on the on the garden bed. Is that going to cause the lily pillies to um, not like it? Oh, <laughs> uh, possibly, but you can counteract that by applying blood and bone. Blood and bone, okay. Blood and bone, yes. They're natives, so they love blood and bone. So on the ones that aren't growing, I'd do that uh, fairly regularly and see if that picks them up. Okay, thank you. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. We've got Ross from Shoal Bay, and he's got a question about growing garlic from bulbs. Oh, good luck with it, Ross. (laughs) Tell us the secret. Well, first of all, it's Ross, Judy, not Ross. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Sorry, um, my apologies. No, that's all right. No, look, I get all sorts of names. It's, <laughs> it's actually Rosalind, but I don't like it, so I do, I do Ros. <laughs> I, I used to work in an aged care facility, and I wear my badge, and um, I put it on upside down one day, and the new boss came and said, your badge is on upside down. I said, yeah, that's how I know who I am. <laughs> anyway, what it, what it was about is I've tried garlic, you know, from the, the the supermarket. When I get it, it's nearly as old as I am, but I've tried to to grow it and nothing happened. But recently, I've got a little bit of a garden going with a friend down the road, and um, we've been sharing plants and things. And I got got him to get bulbs from the nursery, two garlic bulbs. All right, yes, and yep. we're having super. Uh, results with them. I've got mine because I can't get outside. I've got no mobility. I put a couple just in a, a normal terracotta pot and I keep it inside the house just near the, the western side of the house and I stick it out in the sun as an afternoon. And I've got um, two that are nearly four inches high and two that I put in last week, they're coming up. They're about an inch and a half. So it's worth just the investment if you want to get garlic is to go and buy the bulbs from the, super, from the, the garden centre. From the garden centre, or if yeah. the garden centre doesn't have them, I'm sure there is uh, there is a company down in Mornington Peninsula called the Diggers Club. Oh, okay. And uh, they always are able to supply things like that. So well, Bunnings usually have um, our Bunnings here at the Bay, um, Taylor's Beach. It is, and they have a section um, every year at the. You know, I'm not a great gardener, but I've seen it from time to time when I used to go out and they have the different bulbs to, um, you know, to, to plant, and that's where we got them from. Oh, right. There's two yeah, in a well... packet. One's a white one and one's a pink one. Right. And they're both going, um, they're both going gangbusters at the moment. Oh, that's good. And so that will it'll... probably be, the, they'll probably only be available about once a year. I'd say so, probably, yeah. The, the time of the, um, of the, you know, when the bulbs come out, and, and um, but I've tried a few times with ones from the supermarket. No, and they don't no grow. Chance. No, no, no. Oh well, uh, that's really good. But uh, if, if that helps you, many, it's it's worth the investment if you're a you know garlic garlic lover, which I am. I reckon I never get a cold because nobody's game enough to come near me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, while we're off air a minute ago, I I was saying probably the only way you'll um, grow garlic is to get bulbs or mm. seeds. And yeah. hopefully that helps you, Ross. Yeah, um, well, no, mine, mine's going really well. I just thought it might have helped it, help the other gentleman. Sorry about that, Ross. We're out of time for another week. I'm sorry. Guarding talk back. Back again next Monday. Oh, that sacked me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.